It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Slendy. Ego. Slendy. Hey. Hit it up park. Hit it with a strike. Hit with a strike. From the national anthem, anthem. to the bottom of the night. I'm in Slendy Ego. Slendy Ego. Slendy Ego. Slendy Hey, You already know what's up. What's that? Another home run. But you know the job ain't done. So we hold that trophy up. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 441 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is August 9th, 2023, and the San Diego Padres have dropped five games under 500. They lose both games in this Seattle Mariners series. They scored one run in these two games. They get shut out on Tuesday night. They score one run in the first inning of this game against Emerson Hancock, I believe is that dude's name. And then they can't do anything after that. Really frustrating couple games here for the Padres, and that's followed up after a disappointing series against the Dodgers, where they dropped three out of four, games that they could have won there that they didn't, squandered opportunities. And then it felt like these last couple games here against Seattle, there were some squandered opportunities as well. Some balls were hit right at guys. Some just some guys just didn't come through when they needed to. Uh, the big guys in this Padres lineup just not doing enough. Fernando, I think he's hitting the ball hard in some spots, but just looking at the numbers, just the results, yeah, you could say he's in a slump. Um, you look at the big guys tonight. Tatis 0 for 4, Soto 0 for 4, Manny 0 for 2, Bogarts 1 for 4, Crony 0 for 3. I mean, that, that can't happen. You look at yesterday, 
Tatis 0 for 4, Soto 0 for 4, Manny 0 for 4, Bogarts 1 hit. Can't happen. The big guys, they got to produce more. Like that's the bottom line. They went 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position tonight. Eight guys left on base. And the one run that they scored in this series, I mean, you got to tip your hat to Hassan Kim for that. Soto hit a weak ground ball and Kim scored because he stole second and then stole third. That's why they scored that run tonight. So, yeah, the offense has to be better. And I know Stephen Wilson, the bullpen, kind of imploded there in the eighth inning. But the Padres, they had their chances before that. I mean, Darvish, he pitched well enough to keep this Padres team in this game tonight. And the Padres didn't take advantage of that. Like I said on my post-game reaction, it was there. You know, there were multiple spots where you know, bottom five, first and second, nobody out. Darvish gets out of that. And then in the seventh, Robert Suarez comes in after Darvish allows the first two runners to reach. First and second, nobody out. Suarez gets out of that. And it's like, okay, the Padres pitching staff, they're just hoping, they're they are giving this Padres offense the opportunity to go win their, this game. They're like, come on, go win this game. Come on, we're giving it to you. We're giving you this opportunity here. It probably shouldn't be this close right now, but we got out of these jams. Here you go. Come on, come do something with it. And they just didn't do anything with it. And the big shot that they had, Garrett Cooper uh, in the six, top six, he lines out to left, uh, kind of hit right at the left fielder, a little bit unlucky there. Um, but, I mean, the results are the results at this point, right? Like, they got to play better baseball. The offense has to be better. That's just what it has to be. Um, 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. Sure, you can get unlucky in some situations, but not all of that was being unlucky. And just this recent stretch, I mean, this this is baseball for you, right? This is Padres baseball for you. I've said this numerous times throughout this season, but the Padres just teasing us, right? They get close. They get close to 500. It wasn't that long ago when this Padres team, they just, you know, swept the Texas Rangers, right? It wasn't that long ago. And it was like, okay, yeah, they're definitely buying at the deadline. And you had some viewers of this show coming on and being like, yeah, I'm loving where this team is at. And hopefully they can keep this going. You know, that $50 bet that I have with Matt Lee, who's a viewer of this show, might be tuning in right now. He he was coming on this show like, yeah, I know that that bet's gone. No way that they're going to that I'm going to win that bet. Of course, the Potters are going to get over 500 now. And now fast forward less than two weeks later. And the Padres have lost what? One, two, three, four of their last five games. These two against Seattle, and then they lose three out of four against the Dodgers. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. And this is, I mean, thank goodness that other teams around the Padres aren't playing good. The Cubs are, and hopefully that stops. But it's just like, man, I hate to say that I was right because, and the verdict's not out, but right now it's looking like that. Like, yeah, they probably should have sold at the deadline because this team doesn't have it. They're not going to go all the way. And so if they're not going to go all the way, 
why bring in G-Man Choi and Garrett Cooper and bring in these marginal pieces that are rentals if you're not going to go anywhere this year? What's the point of doing that? You know, what's the point of having Josh Hader just sit there in the bullpen and not use him? Or when you do use him, it's because you have to use him because he hasn't pitched in forever. You know, why not trade him and get something good back? That's the feeling that I have right now. Like, man, should have done that. I know in that spot at the deadline, the way they were playing, I know they weren't going to do it. But at the end of the year, I feel like I'm going to unfortunately say, yeah, those people that thought Padres should have sold, they were the right, they, they were on the right side of things here. And I, I'm in that crowd. And I don't see this team being a postseason team right now. I, I think I said that a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. Still have that viewpoint because they have a huge sample size here of more than 100 games. How many games are we at now? We're like, uh, yeah, 115 games in, I think. That's a large sample size. And what are the Padres? They're five games under 500, 55 and 60. They're in fourth place in the NL West. Obviously, you can forget about the NL West. That ended, you know, with the Dodgers series last weekend. Um, that's who this is. They're a below average baseball team. They're not a good baseball team. And I think we got to accept that. I think a lot of Padres fans have accepted it, you know. Um, I in, in my pregame thoughts and all that, I try to still remain positive. Like, I feel good going into this game. I think I said that with this matchup, Darvish on the mound. Like, I'm liking that. This is a this is a game they're, they should be winning. And then this happens. Run differential, you can just throw that right down the toilet. You know, plus 56. You got Cincinnati at negative 28. You got Arizona at negative 21. You got Miami at negative 38. And those teams are all ahead of the Padres in the wild card standings. Miami, as we sit right now, they're three and seven in their last 10 games, but they still hold the final wild card spot at 60 and 56. They've got five more wins than the Padres do. So, yeah, Padres, they've lost four games in a row. They're four and a half back in the wild card standings, and there's still some time, but they have to play really, really good baseball. Um, credit to Jim Russell. I wanted to pull up. He said he tweeted something about what the Padres record has to be for them to get to 87 wins, which don't know if is that going to be good enough for the Padres to get in? Probably just based on how mediocre this NL wildcard picture is. But let's say 87 is good enough. Like, okay, you have to get to 87 wins. I see Jim here. He's not the best with math, with math, excuse me, but uh, I'm just going to go with it and. I think that he'll be right with this math. The Padres need to go 32 and 15 in their final 47 games to get to 87 wins. 32 and 15. What signs are we seeing that tells us, yeah, the Padres are going to go do that, right? What signs? I don't see the signs. You know, there's some good games from the offense, but then they can't do it consistently, right? There's some games from the bullpen, then they blow up late. Rich Hill taking the mound every once every five days. Michael Walker, we'll see how he does when he comes back. Maybe we don't even see Joe Musgrove the rest of the season. Who the heck knows when he's going to return? It's going to be in September if he does return at all this season. And even when you have good starts from starters, like you Darvish tonight, guess what happens? You still end up losing that game. So yeah, don't have a ton of optimism about this Padres team. And you know, again, like I said earlier, the bottom line, the big guys in this lineup, have to be better. 
You can't have very many more games where Tatis, Soto, and Manny combined to go 0 for 10. You know, can't have it. Because what's the bottom of what are we? What should we expecting from the bottom of the lineup? G-Man Choi, who hasn't done anything with the Padres. Garrett Cooper, who hasn't really had an impact. Hit a ball hard tonight, but still, results are the results. Camposano, we can accept expect something from. Uh, but Trent, another 0 for night tonight from him. He's been doing a little bit better as of late, but you know he's the nine hitter at the end of the day. And I think Kim's going to continue playing well. Like I'm obviously pleasantly pleasantly surprised by what I've seen from Ha Sung Kim this season. But again, that's one guy. He's not the one that's making $20, $30 million a year like these other guys are, right? So, yeah, disappointing couple games here. Uh, you know, tonight, they entered four, just four games back, now four and a half. Miami 6-17 and 17 in their last 23 games entering today. Arizona 8-23 and 23 in their last 31. Cincinnati 3-7 and seven in their last 10. Cubs have been playing good. But like Miami, six and seventeen in their last twenty-three. Well, that's entering today. They, I think they ended up winning today. They're sixteen fifty-six, and they've been playing bad, obviously, like I just said. But they hold a wild card spot. You know, it's it's pretty embarrassing when you think about it. And thank goodness that the Padres are not in the American League, because if they were, the season would be over. Look at the American League wildcard teams. The Mariners are two games back of a wildcard spot. They're out of a postseason spot right now. They're 62 and 52, 10 games over 500. The National League final wildcard spot, the Marlins, like I just said, four games over 500. Like there's a big gap. The Padres are five games under 500 in the AL right now. Oh my God. Gosh, I mean, just looking at the standings, they'd be nine and a half games back. Cleveland is has the same record, 55 and 60. So, you know, th this is this is where the Potters are at. Like, I'm just trying to put it into perspective. Like, okay, they're four and a half games back in the wild card, but they're not a good team. You know, we're fortunate that they're in the National League. Um, yeah, Emerson Hancock goes into Tonight, making his big league debut. And maybe it's the Padres hadn't seen a whole lot of them, even though there's minor league film out there that they can watch. And they're major league hitters. And I don't, I don't want to just sit up here and make a bunch of excuses. Um, I will give credit to Emerson Hancock. Like, he is the Mariners' top pitching prospect. And Mariners have, obviously, high expectations for him. But it's still the Padres' offense. Like, we had high expectations for this Padres' offense going into the season. And what have they done? They've underperformed pretty much all season long. You know, the record is what you are, five games under 500. And again, the one run the Padres scored today, it was thanks to Awesome Kim stealing second and third base before Soto's grounder. And the Padres, should it have even been a tie game? I mean, let's be honest. Should it have even been a tie game late like it was after Suarez got through that and Wilson came into the game in, I think, the eighth inning? I mean, Tatis made a tremendous throw to get Cal Rally at second base. If he didn't throw that guy out, runner would have scored. I think Eugenio Suarez and Mariners would have the lead there. Darvish first and second, nobody out in the fifth inning. If he didn't get out of that, maybe he allows one run, which I don't think 
Padres fans would have been pissed about that. I mean, just based on the way the inning started, bigger uh, disadvantage there. Suarez, first and second, nobody out. He comes in, doesn't give up any runs. What if he allowed a run there? So this game could have gotten out of hand before it did in the eighth inning. So yeah, Padres didn't deserve to win this game and didn't deserve to win yesterday's game either, losing 2 nothing there. Give props to Nick Martinez going three innings, no runs, and he did his job. Um, and yeah, Tatis, unlucky, got robbed by Julio Rodriguez. How many times is Tatis going to get robbed of a home run this year? Right? It's super annoying. But again, the big guys in that lineup, Tatis, Soto, Manny, Bogarts is also, but I'm just talking about two, three, four hitters. Just looking at the box score, it's alarming. 0 for 12 last night. Bogarts, 1 for 3. Crony, 1 for 3. But like those guys, they need to be better. And if you look at Tatis results wise, like for anyone that's watching Tatis, sure, is he chasing some pitches? Yes. And maybe he's trying to make things happen because he is slumping results wise but he's still hitting some balls pretty hard and he's hitting balls that could be home runs if they weren't robbed. Um, entering today. Let's see how, how far should we go back with Tatis here? I'll just go all the way back since the start of July. Okay. So 32 games, he's hitting 231, 668 OPS. I mean, that's, that's not good enough. That can't, that can't be happening. Right. Um, if we want to go to, let's see, the All-Star break, after the All-Star break, or since since the All-Star break, I should say, which, so July 14th was that first game. Remember, he did hurt his ankle there in Philly, so is that having an effect still? I don't know. But since the All-Star break, Nando's hitting 172 with a 540 OPS, 313 slug. And again, he is hitting into some tough luck, getting a little bit unlucky, but the results are what matters most here and batting averages and everything, but it is something and 172 for a guy that's hitting second in the order. I'm not saying that he should be moved from that spot. I'm just pointing out the obvious that, yeah, he needs to be better. And just like the other big guys on this roster need to be better. If the Padres want to go on a run here, haven't won four games in a row all season long. All season long. The Royals have done that. The Nationals have done that. The Oakland A's have done that. The San Diego Padres, a lineup that has Hassan Kim, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., Xander Bogarts, Juan Soto, Jake Cronenworth, two of the best hitting catchers in baseball right now, Gary Sanchez, Luis Camposano. They haven't done that. A pitching staff that had Joe Musgrove when he was healthy. Darvish, obviously, Snell pitching his butt off, going into a free agency uh, offseason bidding. Josh Hader, Robert Suarez just came back. Tom Cosgrove and Steven Wilson have had good moments. Like They haven't won four games in a row. Every other team has. And it's just mind-boggling. Because of the talent that they have, right? It's also not mind-boggling at the same time, if that makes sense, if you're watching this team. Because it's like, well, why should we expect them to win four games in a row? Look at what they've done this season. They just haven't been able to be consistent this season. So, yeah, really maddening. I did want to point out in yesterday's game, Josh Hader, he ends up pitching in the eighth inning because he hadn't pitched in a while. He needed to pitch. 
and there's an off day tomorrow. So even if he had to pitch today, it would have been fine. He didn't pitch in the Dodgers series. I don't think he pitched at all. He had to pitch. So they were going to pitch him today and yesterday. And he would have been fine with the off day before going into the Arizona series. So he pitches and the Padres, they were down, right? They were down one nothing, I believe at that point, or maybe it was two nothing, but they were down. And Hader, I guess, volunteered to pitch to save some of the bullpen. And my reaction to that is, wait, what? He volunteered? So Josh Hader's determining when he pitches. Who is running the clubhouse? The players are running it? Who's the manager of this team? Josh Hader's the manager? Or is Bob Melvin the manager? I get if Hader's pitching consistently and he says, I want save situations, one inning, you know, Padres, they're sitting in the Dodgers spot, right? Like, like they're in a postseason spot. That would I understand that more. But for from what I got, like, oh, he like volunteered. He said, Yeah, I'll, I'll pitch to, to save to save some people in the bullpen, even if they're down by a run. He did that. I'm sorry. If I'm Bob Melvin, I'm saying, dude, look at our record. Look at these games. We need to win these games. We're four and a half games back, four games back of a wild card spot, I believe, at the time. We need to take advantage of the other teams in front of us not playing very good baseball. You need to pitch, dude. I'm the manager here. Okay? I'll I'll try to keep you healthy. I'm not going to go pitch you two innings every night. I'm not going to have you pitch four days in a row. But pitch when I want you to pitch. Pitch when Ruben wants you to pitch. Okay, we'll throw you one inning, but sometimes the save isn't in the ninth inning. Sometimes you need to stay in a ball game. And sorry, dude, look where we are, look where we're at. You had rest early in the year. You need to pitch. So I guess it was good that Hater volunteered, like as a team guy. But I'm also like, why is why is he volunteering? So players just get to to dictate when they're gonna pitch, what situation they're gonna pitch in. When you're five games under 500 or four games, whatever they were yesterday, it's like, come on. Bowmel should be running the clubhouse. I don't think players should, players should have a say. I'm not saying they shouldn't have a say. I'm not saying like Bowmel gets to tell Hater, yeah, you're pitching four days in a row. You don't get a say. You're pitching three days in a row. You don't get a say. But if it's within reason, I don't think it should have to be hater volunteering. I think Bowmel should be like, I need you to give us an inning tonight. Like, we need these games here. You have an off day Thursday. Maybe I was the only one that thought about that. Oh, actually, I knew I wasn't the only one because I was listening to Darren Smith earlier today, and or it was yesterday. He had that same – no, it was today. He had that same uh, thought as well. But I was just – I was like, what? Because I was listening to Bowmel game yesterday as well, and it's like – Okay, that's kind of weird. All right, I'll get to the chat. Man, I'm just looking at that number. 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position today. Again, just, jeez Louise. Okay, quick message about Gaglione Bros, and then I'll get to the chat. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right. 
So if you want to join the show, just a reminder, you can click that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat. If you want to make sure I get to your comment or your question here, you can use that super chat button. It supports the channel. So I greatly appreciate anyone that is generous enough to do that. Uh, Let's get to the comments here. Brian Perez, Astres. Okay. Uh, I think some fans share that thought with you, Brian. Uh, Oh, you know, says if you say there's still plenty of time left, I'm going to freak the hell out. I'm not saying there's plenty of time left. I'm saying there's still a little bit of time left. Okay. (laughs) You might still freak out about that, but I'm just saying like the facts are the facts. Irie says our offense is just horrible. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been pretty bad recently, right? They score five runs against the Dodgers. And I think that fifth inning in that series finale, they, they, they scored some runs late as well, but yeah, these last couple games, I mean, you score one run. I know Logan Gilbert pitched like the game of his life and you haven't seen a whole lot of Emerson Hancock, but again, just look at the guys in the lineup. Like this isn't, I don't, I don't feel like I'm, saying like, oh, look at a bunch of these Eric Hosmers where they're they're past their prime and it's just apparent. Like, no. I'm sorry. Manny's coming off an MVP season last year, in my opinion. You know, Tati should have been an all-star this year. Bogarts just was hitting 300 last year. You know? Soto was an all-star this year. He, what's his OPS right now? You know, like, he's been... Pretty good this season. He has a 934 OPS. Had had that entering today. And that's after striking out four times, I think, last night. Three against Logan Gilbert. So with the guys, it's like it's not like they're all past their prime. No. They should be doing better than how they're doing. So yeah, the offense is pretty bad right now. It's 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 just and then when it explodes, it's like great. Like I think it was Saturday night right against the Dodgers. It's great. But again, there's no momentum with the team, and I'm not a big believer in momentum. Look at this Padres team. Like, you have a great game, but who are you facing the next day? Is it a tough starting pitcher? Okay, then there goes your momentum. Or even if it's not a tough starting pitcher, there goes your momentum because you can't do it multiple times in a row for the most part. You know, maybe they've they have won three games in a row. I think a couple times this year, but that's it. Yeah, I agree, Neil. Only reason we scored today was Kim manufactured a run by himself. Uh, just a reminder here, use code TALKINGFRIARS, $20 off your SeatGeek order if you want to go watch this offense at Petco Park, this next homestand. It's a pretty long homestand. I think it's 10 games um, and some pretty crucial ones in there as well. If you look at the Padres schedule right now, they have the Arizona series, which is going to be three games over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And thank goodness Arizona's not playing good. But, you know, our luck, Arizona's going to go sweep the Padres and start playing tremendously well again. Um, Just pulling up their schedule. So three against Arizona, then they go home, and they have to play. Well, after this off day, they have to play three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 consecutive games in a row. And then there's an off day the 24th before going back on the road to face Milwaukee and St. Louis. So they've got three against Arizona, back home, three against Baltimore, four against Arizona, and three against Miami. So those are, you have seven games against the D-backs here in a week span. 
and the D-backs currently are just ahead of you, a couple games ahead of you, and they've been terrible as of late. Terrible. So they better be pat they better pass Arizona by the end of these this next week. And then they got the Miami series. That's going to be obviously huge. Miami holds that final wild card spot right now. So these are important games. This offense needs to turn it around. And the bullpen can't have blowups, you know, late in these games. And hopefully they can get some good starts, quality starts out of the pitching. Rich Hill can bounce back, give some decent innings, uh, keep the Padres in his next outing, which I think is going to come Saturday, I want to say, against the D-backs. So we'll see. We'll see if Pedro Avila ends up pitching there, Nick Martinez. We'll see what happens. And Michael Walker, quick injury update on Michael Walker. Five simulated innings he's expected to throw tomorrow on Thursday at the Peoria Complex, I believe. And then he could start against Baltimore back at home at Petco on Tuesday, uh, yeah, Tuesday in the middle game of that Baltimore Orioles series. And by the way, Baltimore, that should be a tough series as well. The Orioles are 70 and 44. They have the best record in the American League. 70 wins. I think the first team in the American League to get to 70 wins. Atlanta's the only team better than them. 72 wins. So, very important stretch coming up for the Padres, for sure. Irie says, you got to totally rebuild around the five players you're stuck with. Jake, Bogey, Manny, uh, Nando, Soto. But, I mean, you got to add to that. Musgrove and Darvish are here. Suarez is here. So it's not just those five. And the Padres aren't going to rebuild. Rebuild, rebuild takes years. You mean an offseason retooling? That's what would happen. Because Scyther's not going to rebuild with these guys only getting older. You know, they, he, he probably thinks they got to win now. Because these contracts aren't probably aren't going to start to look better you know, three years down the road, if they have a rebuild, that's not going to happen. Uh, John says, 2023 will be a wake-up call. We thought we could just waltz back into the NLCS. I think, I mean, there were quotes early on in the season about the lack of urgency with this team. And I think Manny was talking to Kevin AC when the team was in Pittsburgh about, yeah, we need to have more urgency, play with some more urgency. Um, after telling the media, I believe, or maybe it was after he said that, he then told the media back in San Diego, you guys are the ones talking about urgency and all that. It's like, we need to take it one day at a time. And they do. I mean, you got to go 1-0 every day. That's the right mindset to have. But just kind of flip-flopping is what he's been doing this year with the media. Um, Rex, tough schedule ahead, too. They're playing guys fighting for playoff position. Yep, just as I went over. I know I'm behind in the chat. Captain says, Padres and Angels have a similar feel to them. How can I explain it? They both focus on the Dodgers and try to be better than them. They don't focus enough on being their own team to win. I disagree with that. Um, I think there's differences between the Padres and the Angels, okay? The Angels, they've had a track record of not having great pitching. The Padres, I think, have good starting pitching. And it's been an underwhelming offense, for sure. I think that's the big thing this season. And the bullpen's been bad at times, but I think, for the most part, it's a disappointing off offense this season. 
And the Angels, they've had some injuries. The Padres, they've been actually pretty healthy. I know Manny had to deal with something. Bogarts had to deal with something. But they've been on, like, Bogarts, he, he was on the field for the most part there. I know Manny had to not be on it, but he was stinking it up when he had to go on the I.L., if you remember that. Tatis has been on the field pretty much every day. Soto as well. Crony as well. It's just been underperformance. And I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not saying like Tatis and Soto specifically all year. They've been in slumps. Uh, Tatis, as of late, results wise, and Soto early on in the year. They've had their turns. But mostly guys have been on the field. And injuries are part of it. Like it's going to happen. You have to battle through it. Um, And they've just underwhelmed. Where the Angels, I mean, they're without Mike Trout, they're without Anthony Rendon. I'm not saying Anthony Rodone's this amazing player now, but he's one of their big signings. He's one of their star players. Uh, but I, I do get your point. Like the Potters and Angels, I don't think they worry about the Dodgers. They only worry about them like when they're playing them. Just because of the season, you're worried about your opponent. I, I don't buy them being too worried about the Dodgers day in and day out when they can't control what the Dodgers do. Like they got to control what they can do. Um, and they, they got to be better against the Dodgers as well. Um, no, but with the Potters and Angels, yes, they have talented players. They have generational talents and they haven't been able to get over that hump this season. They have disappointed this season. I can agree on those comparisons. WK says Campy needs to move up to sixth in the lineup. Yeah, so if you look at tonight's lineup, for example, Kim Tatsi, Soto, Manny, Bogarts, Crony, Choi, Camposano, Grish. I definitely can understand having Camposano be moved up, but who's going to be moved down? I think some Padres fans would be like, Bogarts, move him down. Have Campy hit where Bogarts is hitting. Have Crony hit same spot, and you just move Bogarts down. And He's already got the money, already got the guaranteed contract. He's not doing enough. And Campy and Gary, they're the better power guy, power potential guy. And so he should they should they should be put up there. And I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to that, seeing that for a couple games, seeing that for a few games and see how that works out. Yeah. Why not? Especially how this offense has done recently. Um, I do want to look at just just so I'm not, you know, blasting Xander without looking at the numbers. I mean, obviously, the power numbers are down. RBIs, it's like nothing. 37 runs driven in this year. His OPS plus is only 4% above league average. So he would say he's probably not living up to his contract this year. So since the All-Star break for Xander, so July 14th, we did that same thing with Tatis. He's sitting under like 200, I think I said, right, after the All-Star break. Xander's hitting 305, so he's actually doing a pretty good job. But he has two runs driven in since the All-Star break. So for someone that's hitting fifth, that needs to be better. So, yes, if you want to move Bogarts down, I'm not opposed to that. But just looking at the average, uh, now, average 305, OPS 722. Like, it's not, like, the slug isn't there. When you have a 305 average and you're Xander Bogarts, you probably should have an OPS over 800. and that's just not what it is right now. So, yeah, what's your ideal Padres lineup right now? I think that's an interesting question. Because Bogarts, again, 
since the All-Star break, he's been fine in terms of average, but I don't think he's the best guy to have hitting fifth in terms of run production, driving in runs. So I think it's probably Kim, Tatis, Soto, Manny, and then you have Camposano or Sanchez hit where Bogarts is hitting, have them hit fifth, have Crony, maybe a Bogarts after that, and you have Choi or Cooper hit eight because they're not doing a whole lot offense-wise right now. And I think some fans would be like, no, 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 have Campy and Gary both be in there. And I'm I'm with that as well, but I'm putting the lineup together assuming that it's going to be Choi or Cooper in there because that's what the Padres are doing. They're, they don't, they're not going to give up on those guys right now. They acquired those guys to be designated hitters to give Gary or Campy, whoever's not catching, time off so they can be really good and healthy, rested, ready to go when they have to catch. Then you have Grisham hitting ninth. That's probably how I would go with it. Um, but yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be opposed to changing some things with the lineup. See how that works. But Bowmel, he's also done that a lot this year. And what have the results been? You know, they're five games under 500. All right. Got a super chat here from Dylan. Thank you so much, man. We put up one run on Hancock on two hits today. Our double A team put up more runs on him last week. This just proves how cooked we are. Yeah, I I did see that on social media tonight. Yeah, it's pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, your double A offense did more off of the same guy than your major league offense did. Um, Yeah, when you put it like that, that's not good. And again, I'm just going to go keep going back to that point. Like the big guys need to be better. The offenses need to be more consistent if this Padres team wants to go be a postseason team. And right now, I don't see them being a postseason team. I just don't see it. Uh, oh, you know, says Tatis doesn't give a F when he's up to bat. Lifeless. I, I disagree. I hate when people say like, oh, they don't care. Um, especially with guys like Tatis. I mean, do you see him in the outfield running down balls and making sliding catches? And do you see him? I've seen him sometimes in the dugout this year, throwing his helmet up against the wall and throwing it in the dugout, you know? So I think he cares. I think that he knows that the numbers aren't there right now recently. So maybe he's expanding the zone a little bit. Uh, But no, I don't think he's lifeless up there. He almost, he hit a bomb yesterday that was robbed by J-Rod. Some things you just can't control like that, you know? So I, I disagree there. There's some guys maybe that you want to point to, but I'd point to some other guys on this team more than Tatis if you're going to say they don't give an F. Is that true, Ivory? Trent is – oh, you're saying Trent has to lead the league in runners left on base. I don't know about that. I don't know. Uh, WK, how many times does Grish strike out to end the game with runners on base? It does feel like a lot. Irie says, sorry, that's what I meant, retool. Yeah, instead of rebuild. Yeah, because, yeah, I I don't see this team. How can you rebuild around this roster? AJ Casavo. Just seeing this on social media, Padres Clubhouse just tweeted this now. Padres Clubhouse was closed for about 20 minutes after the game for a players meeting. So the Padres have had a players only meeting. Great. Another meeting. 
that's going to solve things. Now they're going to start to be urgent. Great. Another players meeting. Afterward, Manny called. Well, let me read the rest of the tweet. Afterward, Manny called their performance tonight unacceptable. He added, it's all up to us. There's 26 guys in here we believe in. We've just got to play better baseball. So, yeah, I mean, what I've been saying here on this show, they, they've got to play better. The big guys got to step up. Uh, yeah, unacceptable. He's right. The performance is unacceptable. You score one run in 18 innings against the Seattle Mariners. I get the Seattle Mariners, Mariners are hot, but it doesn't matter who you're facing. I don't think that they can afford to score one run in 18 innings very many more times the rest of this season. Yes, definitely urgency is needed. Uh, JD's third says, Ben, are you trying to convince us or yourself? I've seen enough. They are the team they have showed us they are. It's been three months now. Our record is 330 and 330 since 2019. Well, okay. 2019 was a whole lot different than the expectations for this year. Uh, even 2020 was different than this year, you know? So I don't think it's right to include the record since 2019, but I get your point. Yeah. The team is underwhelming and JD's third says he's seen enough. And right now I'm, on that side of things as well. Like I still think, think I still think there's the talent in there, but they can't just play good baseball. Good baseball is like five games over 500, seven games maybe. No, they've got to play great baseball and then have some things follow their, you know, fall their way in the wild card standings to go make the postseason. That's what has to happen. They have to go beat the teams in front of them. They can't just rely on the Marlins to lose all the time, you know, after the Padres play the Marlins coming up. They've got to beat those teams. They got to beat the D-backs. Win these series over the next week. You know? Go beat the Brewers in Milwaukee. Like they got to take control. Can't be relying on other teams. Enrique says Padres are just unlucky. They're fine. Are you doing are you saying this sarcastically? See, when people come on the show and they, if they say that, I, I can understand like, uh, what they actually mean. Are they being sarcastic or not? If you're being sarcastic, I, I get it. Like you're probably tired of people saying, and I've said this, this show. Yeah. Sometimes they've been a little bit unlucky, but yeah, you should be tired of people saying that because look at the sample size. It, it, we're a long way into the season. There's not a ton of time left. There's still some time, but there's not a ton of time left. Now, if you're serious, they're not five games under 500 just because they're unlucky. They're not, I don't think you should say they're fine five games under 500. I think you should be worried a little bit. Uh, even if you're the most optimistic fan, you should be worried a little bit about this team. Um, okay. I'll get back to the chat more, get to some other San Diego sports after this break. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's underdog fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pickup games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats 
and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy, and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. Going back to this players-only meeting, again, like, what is this going to do? How many how many players-only meetings do you think that they've had this season? How many players-only meetings do you remember them having this season, right? I don't know if this was a players-only meeting, but there was that one after the Twins, right? That twin series, Bomel called the team out. There was probably one after one of those Dodgers series, I would imagine, right? So there's two. This one here, that's three. There has to be another one. Was there one? We might not know about it because I don't, I don't remember it being reported, but was there one during that terrible stretch against the Reds, Pirates, and Nationals? You know, I think the players, like, don't think, they all know that they need urgency, right? They all know they need to play better. What does the players-only meetings do? I don't, I, I don't know. Who is speaking during those meetings? Is it one person? Is it Manny and Musgrove, the leaders on the team? Is it someone smaller? Like who, what's, what's the message there? Because who should be speaking up in those meetings based on results right now? Based on who's playing the best? Hassan Kim? Is he speaking up in these meetings? Like they all need they know they need to play better. And I I like that they're I guess I like they're having some meetings because like at least that's showing us like they care and there's urgency at least you know they're showing that with these 20 minute meetings or whatever after the game whenever they do have them but at the same time I'm like what what do these meetings actually accomplish you know how many meetings is that this year for the Padres I'm just putting that out on Instagram right now. Sorry. How many players meetings is that this year? 
there's there's some we obviously probably don't know about, but I'd say like three or four. JD's third says players' meetings are for their egos. They preen like peacocks for a half hour. Mike says Manny's the captain. Even has this any even has the C to prove it. Okay. He doesn't have a C on his jersey. Rex says they need to have a brawl like the Indians and show they got each other's back. It's the Guardians now. Um, but, I mean, I don't want guys... Our odds, or at least our luck, someone would get hurt during that, you know? Someone would get hurt and Blake Snell would go get hurt in that. Or, you know, uh, I don't know. Tatis would end up getting suspended for a week. How does that really help? They just got to play better baseball. I mean, that's that's what I got. I know that's great analysis, but I mean, what what left is there to say? I'm just disappointed with the team this year. It's been very disappointing. And it's just a lot of underwhelming performances. And you think, okay, maybe this is a good matchup going in. And then they do nothing on offense. They score first inning. And then they do nothing after that. And they have chances to take the lead. Maybe shouldn't have even had those chances to take the lead late, you know, because the pitchers got out of jams in the game and they don't take advantage of that. And then, you know, there's a big inning by the Mariners and it ends up being a 6-1 loss, a blowout loss. And it feels like that's happened numerous times this season. Losing to bad teams, losing to teams that are hot, doesn't matter. Just the lack of consistency. Well, there is consistency. Consistency in not being able to be consistent, you know, positively, if that makes sense, right? Like, they, it seems like they bounce back when they have a couple bad games, but they don't bounce back and have four wins in a row. They bounce back with one or two good games, and then they tease us like, oh, maybe they're coming back. Oh, they're playing better baseball. But then they can't continue to do that. I'm not asking for a Oakland A's money ball 20-game winning streak. Win four games in a row. Go on a run. Win these series these next couple weeks against teams that are ahead of you, like the D-backs and the Marlins. Probably too much to ask, but I don't think that should be too much to ask with the talent on this roster. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um... J.D. Sturd says, I don't get why fans get attacked for giving up. We never gave up. The team did. Um, I don't know about that. Like, I think fans, yeah, fans obviously aren't giving up. Like, well, fans that say, like, I don't think this team's going to be a postseason team. I think, you know, the players could say, well, you gave up then. You, you don't think that we're going to be a postseason team. But physically with our actions none of us give up because we watch the games day in and day out right we're watching all the games still i might say i don't think this team's going to be a postseason team look at the track record look at what they've done this year they haven't proven it to us that they're going to be a good baseball team here down the stretch right but i'm still showing up and watching every game i'm still going to the games right and that's a lot of the other, that's the other 20 plus thousand season ticket holders. And there's more than that, but those that fill the seats at every Padres home game and the other thousands of fans that pack Petco Park, like we can say like, oh, we don't, this, this season, man, it's not going to go anywhere, but we're still believing by showing up. We're still supporting the team, right? But yeah, why, why should we, why, why should fans believe that this team's going to go all the way this year? Right. It's just not going to happen. I just don't, I just don't see it happening. Okay. Some other San Diego sports stuff here real quick to close this show out. So the San Diego loyal, they had a match tonight. I did not watch it. So again, I'm not going to go deep into this one because uh, the Padres game was on, but Padres, excuse me, loyal two one. They got the win. Looks like they got a comeback victory two one over Lodoon United FC. Uh, Blake Bodley in the 86th minute and Evan Conway in the 90th. So exciting there at the end. So I'll probably go watch those highlights later. Um, so that happened. And then they play, I believe, this weekend as well. And then with the San Diego State Aztecs, the latest on that is there was a report from Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports earlier in the week saying San Diego state failed to create a mountain West PAC 12 AAC power five conference. And San Diego state was leading the way in this and president Adela de la Torre. She was one of the main people in this, you know, trying to create a new conference that can get the power five conference designation. Right. And JD Wicker, he quote tweeted this article and said fake news. And then he went on the radio with John and Jim San Diego Sports 760 today and like detailed 
how close the Aztecs were to going to the Pac-12, if the grant of rights was going to be signed last Friday morning, San Diego State was headed to the Pac-12. Like, that's how close it was. Like, they pretty much were in agreement to that. But in, like, 20 minutes to an hour, right, Oregon, Washington, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, something happened there, and they all left, and the Pac-12 is now the Pac-4, and now you got the ACC uh, recruiting Stanford and Cal. Now, it doesn't seem like it's likely that that's going to happen, at least from the latest reports. But you got those four teams just waiting there. So if San Diego State denies this, right, they did not, they have not tried to create this Mountain West Pac-12 AAC Power 5 conference, this new conference. And San Diego State says that they have not been in contact with the AAC or any members of the AAC. For me, that's like, okay, so that can be fake news, but if this comes out, they're doing something then, right? J.D. Wicker, San Diego State, they're not just sitting there and being like, okay, we're fine with the Mountain West. We're fine with not expanding the Mountain West. Whatever, we're just going to sit here and be fine with that. They're doing something. Are they getting in touch with the Pac-12 and trying to go join the Pac-12 and have other Mountain West schools join them and go to the Pac-12 so they can get that Power 5 conference designation? The Mountain West released a statement today and they said 12 presidents met Monday and they're exploring adding to the conference. So is San Diego State helping the Mountain West here bring teams from the Pac-12 into the Mountain West? And then the Mountain West try to apply and make their case to be that Power 5 conference and because the Pac-12 would like no longer exist if those four Pac-4 teams now come to the Mountain West. Are they trying to do that? So maybe they're not involved with the AAC. They haven't talked with the AAC, but I find it hard to believe that they're just sitting there and doing nothing. Like there's definitely, there has to be conversations going on here. Like what's going to happen with those remaining Pac-12 teams? Those remaining four teams, Cal Stanford, Washington State, and Oregon State. Are they coming to the Mountain West? Are some Mountain West teams going to the Pac-12? Are the Mountain West and Pac-12 going to agree to a merger where all of the Mountain West schools just end up under the Pac-12 umbrella and the Mountain West employees and all that, they get taken care of by the Pac-12? I don't know. I, but but the Pac-12 is just, they're obviously in a weird spot right now. And the Mountain West, they're the ones with the TV deal. I think they have a couple more years left on that. They have more stability than the remaining teams in the Pac-12 do. So maybe they end up joining the Mountain West and the Mountain West ends up being the power that that fifth power five conference. We'll see. But that's the latest from the San Diego State, San Diego State side of things. J.D. Wicker saying fake news on the Dennis Dodd CBS Sports report. And that report kind of painted Adela De La Torre in a bad light. So J.D. Wicker wanted to publicly say, no, that's wrong. And he released a statement. And I can read that here for you, actually. Just pretty much saying, yeah, that what was reported yesterday by Dennis Dodd, who's been pretty accurate on some things here, right? It just wasn't correct. So here's J.D. Wicker. Fake news, disappointed in the number of absolute fake articles that get written these days. Hashtag integrity in journalism. And then here's the statement that he had. 
The first two paragraphs of this article contain numerous false or misleading statements. SDSU has been actively involved in conference realignment discussions before and after the latest round of Pac-12 defections. However, San Diego State has not sought to create a new conference or seek A5 status for a new conference. SDSU has had no communication with the American Athletic Conference, AAC, nor any of its member institutions. San Diego State continues to be an active participant participant with the Mountain West with yeah with, with the Mountain Conference. I think he meant to say Mountain West Conference as the conference assesses the best path forward during this turbulent time in our industry. And then the Mountain West released a statement, like I mentioned a little bit earlier. They mentioned about how they're potentially looking to add. Monday night, the Mountain West Board of Directors comp- comp- comprised excuse me, of our 12 presidents met to reaffirm our collective commitment to the conference and its future. With the recent changes in membership composition in several conferences, the Mountain West is exploring all opportunities to strengthen the league, including through the addition of new member schools. Board of Directors Chair President Garnet Stokes of the University of New Mexico and Commissioner Gloria Navarez will be the voice of the conference and will lead the ongoing explorations of possibilities before presenting any to the board. We are strong in who we are and proud of the exceptional experience we provide the student athletes of the Mountain West Conference. So there's the Mountain West. Obviously, they're active. San Diego State has to be involved with these discussions. So we'll see where that goes, but that's the latest involving San Diego State and conference realignment. By the way, there is a fan fest for San Diego State football, I believe, this weekend at Snapdragon Stadium. So you can get your tickets there. Go to the Aztecs football social medias uh, for that. There was also something I wanted to hit on here. The, the San Diego Wave, they have a bye week this week, so they're not playing. Their next match is going to be at home against Gotham. Hopefully the uh, Stars are going to be back. Alex Morgan, Naomi Gurma, Kaylin Sheridan, they'll be ready to go. That'll be August 19th, next Saturday. So not this coming Saturday, but next Saturday against Gotham. And I just wanted to address some of the things that are coming out after the U.S. Women's National Team lost to Sweden, obviously. Disappointing, obviously, their exit. And yeah, this was a failure. Their World Cup, obviously, they didn't even get to the quarterfinals, didn't get to the semifinals. The earliest exit in the U.S. Women's National Team's history. We get it. Disappointing. But just some of the things that were said after this tournament and during the tournament, it really made me irritated. Like, Alexi Lawless, and I get Carly Lloyd being critical of the team on the field, and Alexi Lawless being critical of the team on the field and what they're seeing there, and be critical of Vlatko Anonofsky and him not subbing in players enough for whatever you think. But Carly Lloyd's comment during the tournament about, you know, hinting that they're not taking this seriously enough and, you know, Rob Stone about how Carly Lloyd, her butt would be in the locker room right now after Portugal, that draw where they almost lost and got eliminated, where they must have missed Kelly O'Hara, you know, yelling at the team um, in the huddle right after that match. So obviously they knew that they needed to be better. And Vlatko called their performance crap before the Sweden game. So I think they were taking it seriously. So like that, again, that that's taking it off of what's actually happening on the field during the game. I didn't like that. 
And then Alexi Lawless talking about how if they lose, they could become irrelevant because they're relevant because of the winning. Like what comes with winning, the commercials and all that, that's why they're relevant. It's because they've won. So they get all that stuff. And now if they don't win, they might come irrelevant. And for me, it's like, it really feels like they're they're stretching here. And would they say this about the U.S. men's national team? Are you saying this just because you disagree with some people's views on the U.S. women's national team? Him talking about how, yeah, some people in this country, they don't, the U.S. women's national team is hard to root for. It's like, can you just stick with the soccer, stick with the football on the field? Like that's, isn't that what you're paid for? So some things rubbed me the wrong way. And what really rubbed me the wrong way was Bill Simmons on his show, his podcast, talking about Alex Morgan. And I'm relating this to the San Diego Wave because Alex Morgan obviously is the, the star on the San Diego Wave. And he talks about how Alex Morgan was never a superstar, isn't a superstar, and compared her to being like the coach's daughter, the coach's kid. That's why she was playing and all that. It's like, really? She was never a superstar. She isn't a superstar. I guess, well, obviously it's clear. He didn't watch the NWSL season last year where she scored the most goals in the league. She was one of the nominees, I think, for FIFA Women's Player of the Year. I forget what the award is, is named, but she's won that before, I believe, by the way. She's been a finalist for that, I think, multiple times. Um, And it's just mind-boggling. It's like, and Alex Morgan, at the end of that game against Sweden, she had some good moments there. (laughs) She had a header that maybe would have went in if another goalkeeper was there who wasn't having the game of her life. Had some good shots there. Yeah, she missed a penalty kick in the first match and missed some shots, but so did some other players on this team. And if she was the coach's kid, wouldn't she be in there for penalty kicks? She was taken off before penalty kicks, which for me, that's something that I'll criticize Vlatko for. Why is Alex Morgan being taken off when you know penalty kicks are coming up, right? I don't understand that. Um, But yeah, if she was the coach's kid, she'd be on the field for that, wouldn't she? So just some of the things, it was like, would you be doing this for the men's side? Shouldn't you just be sticking to the actual soccer, the the action in the game inside those 90 minutes, those 120 minutes for the the last match, the, the penalty kicks. Shouldn't you be sticking to that instead of going into other stuff? I just feel like you're stretching. Maybe that's just me, but I don't think that's just me. Okay. Um, going back to the rest of the chat. Sorry. I just wanted to get that off my chest. It's, it it was just annoying seeing that. Uh, Mike says, hope the Padres players enjoyed all the sellouts at home. Pretty soon. No more season ticket cutoff or waiting list. I I think there'll be a waiting list still next year. Maybe it won't be as long. I, I guarantee you that there will, that some on the waiting list will get their opportunity to have season tickets because some are not happy about, Having tickets be raised 
when they're already paying a ton of money for those season tickets. They're paying a ton of money, ton of money for the food, the parking, and then they're going to get, they have to pay more for a team that's under 500 right now. I think some fans are going to be like, all right, well, that's it. See ya. I'll come to a few games, but I'm not having season tickets for this. You're going to have to prove to me that I des- that I should be a season ticket holder. But I'm not paying for these increased prices. Some fans have that viewpoint. Uh, but I think there'll still be a wait list, I think. There might be some fans, there probably are, some fans that think that this year is just like, oh, they've been unlucky. The extra inning games, that's not going to happen next year, right? Some of these star players, they're not going to have this year again next year. They'll be a contender next year, and I I think they can be a contender next year. And I hope that they will. Uh, But I think that's, you know, part of the reason as well. And even if some fans don't really think that, they're going to be like, well, there's these star players on this roster. I still want to go see them play, you know? And I want to get in. Because at least I'll be in and I won't be on the wait list anymore. We got depression meals coming on here. <laughs> Who's Marcus says, oh, loading up on carne asada fries and a boatload of tacos. Midnight depression meal. Sounds good. <laughs> hey, this Padres team's going to do that to you. All right. I think that's going to do it. Talking Friars episode 441, a lot covered there. Two game series, disappointing series, one run scored in these two games. It better get better if this Padres team doesn't want to be golfing uh, come October 4th or whenever this season ends. We'll see if it gets better. Off day tomorrow, Arizona series starting back up on Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then they'll be back home. Thanks so much for watching or listening. Thank you.